What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, Eric and I are going to be going all in on the Jacksonville Jaguars, talking about the state of the team, what we would do to be able to fix it. And it's going to be very entertaining because we are very passionate fans about this team. And we've been silent all season about the Jaguars. We haven't talked at all about them. And now it's our time. So be warned and be ready for what this episode is going to be about. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. And you know, like Zach said, him and I are going to break this down. It's it's just the two of us tonight. Um, Connor said he was going on a trip to Vegas or something. And Nate said that we were recording too late. But really, I think what it was, was they found out that the game plan for this episode was to talk about the Jaguars. So they were like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to be in the episode tonight. So they, I think that's the real reason why they're not here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- get ready because, you know, like Zach said, we love our team. You know, we've been fans of them since we were, you know, kids basically. But it's a frustrating time to be a fan right now. We're having a hard time. And so we have to talk about it that's that's for sure man um i kind of said before we started recording you know this is this is our therapy right now you know yeah we we get to you know release our frustrations here yeah so if anyone you know i don't expect anybody from any other team to feel how the jaguars fans have felt unless you're maybe a lions texans or jets fan I mean, those teams, they can relate to some extent, but I I definitely think right now the Jaguars, out of all those, are the worst. We uh, are. Yeah, and that's pretty bad because one of those teams is quarterbacked by Davis Mills. Their star quarterback, you know, is facing sexual assault allegations and just the drama going on there. You got the Jets, who are always just terrible. And then you have the Lions also in the same boat. They just traded Stafford, their franchise quarterback. They've got Jared Goof, and <laughs> they're uh, they're doing bad. They just got their first win all season last week. But the Jaguars, they're they're a totally different story, man. They're we thought we were going to have expectations of winning, like you know maybe five or six games. That was like my realistic expectation was like, okay, this team can maybe win six games. I don't know how we beat the Buffalo Bills, but somehow, Eric, <laughs> we beat the Buffalo Bills. Well, see, um, remember, I was, you know, I was Santa Claus today for my work, and you asked me if, uh, you know, Santa could pull out a Christmas miracle for the Jags. I think that Bills game was the Christmas miracle. Like, Santa already did his thing, and now now he's done for us. Like, he can't, he can't give us anything else. Yeah, yeah, you know, we don't want to get um, out there. No, of course not. We we can't can't dare ask for more than two wins with this team. I mean, last year we got one, so we've doubled it, right? Yeah, that's true, man. Next year, next year, are we going to go up by one, or are we going to double it? Are we going to have double it and get to four, and then get to eight, and then go sixteen and one and win the Super Bowl? Hey, I would take that. (laughs) <laughs> I would take that too. I would take that too. But uh not gonna bet on it. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, let's um 
what we're going to do with this is we're just going to talk about at first kind of where the team is at right now and what's wrong with the team. You know, if you're not following the Jags closely, you might you you might not know what specific areas are weak um, and what might be our best spots or the players. You might have some – I think there's a lot of, like, false – things about the Jags going around the fantasy wise. Some people have opinions on players and we as, you know, the only people that watch all these games, all the Jaguars games, we know exactly, you know, if a player is good or not. And I think there's some that people are overrating. So we'll talk about them. And then Eric and I will go become co-GMs and basically fix this team to the best that we can. Trent so, Balky, you're fired. Oh, uh, <laughs> can't wait to fire Trent Balky. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the highlight. Um, but yeah, so Eric, I guess start with um, start with the offense. You've got the offensive line. You've got the receivers and running backs, tight end, and you got the quarterback. So I guess do a one t- one two three. You know, one being the best, two being the middle, three being the worst with with the offense right now. Yeah, so start with the best. I mean, believe it or not, as bad as the Jags are, there are some positives with this team. And while the offense has not been good, especially here in these last few weeks and even today pulling a zero against the Titans, I do think there are positives with the offense because one I still believe we have our quarterback of the future I know a lot of people say that Trevor is a bust and that he's not very good and all this stuff but when you look at a lot of what he has around him it's not good and we're we're injury plagued right now which is part of the problem but Our offensive coordinator is terrible at coming up with plays, so that's hindering them. Urban Meyer, like, in this, if you're watching on YouTube, like, this picture on YouTube, like, that's how he looks all the time. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. Like, he's always, like, scratching his head confused. So, since Zach and I are co-GMs, we're, you know, obviously the first thing we're doing is getting rid of Urban Meyer and probably pretty much all the coaching staff. So, that's going to be the first thing to help Trevor. But getting back to my original point, though, about the talent we do have on the offense, we actually do have some good players on the offense that I believe in. Uh, The first one after Trevor being James Robinson. I don't know why if I don't know if the running back coach doesn't like him or if Urban doesn't like him or the, uh, the offensive coordinator doesn't like him. I don't get what it is. I don't get why. They've constantly underutilized him all season. Like the best games that the Jaguars had, which was like the Bengals game, even though we lost that one, the Dolphins game, some of those games like that where we had our best performances and were actually in the game was because they let James Robinson do his thing as a bell cow and we were actually moving the ball offensively. He's definitely somebody we can build around. And also, he's injured right now, but for the number three option, I like Dan Arnold as a tight end um, that we traded for from Carolina. I don't, he's definitely not elite or anything, but 
he's good enough. He has good speed. He's had pretty good hands. Like I have, I don't really remember too many drops other than one against the first Titans game. He's definitely way better than any other tight end we have on the roster. So those are some of the strengths, in my opinion, of this offense. Um, Zach, I'll let you elaborate if you have anything else, or if you want to talk about the bad, uh, I'll let you go where you want to go here. Yeah, I mean, those are the three strengths that I would say. The three, if there's, if you can, you know, if we're just completely going to tear this team apart next year on offense, those are the first three locks that should come back for sure. Oh, yeah. But obviously Lawrence, you know, duh. And then (laughs) James Robinson, duh. And then Arnold is a guy that you might not know if you're not a Jags fan, but like Eric said, he was their most dynamic pass catcher um, since he was on the team and was healthy when they traded for him. So Arnold is TE1 in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Good, good. TE1 can't (laughs) Yeah. And then if I'll, you know, if I'm going to add like maybe a underrated sort of offensive piece and he had a terrible game today and a terrible game last week, but Ben Barch at right guard for us has been okay. Like he's definitely improved a lot from his rookie season last year. And I think he's shown flashes and he he's been improving, which is hard to say with anybody else on the team. So, uh, you know, Ben Barge can come back. The rest of the offensive line is all a disaster. Um, Brandon Linders, the center, is supposed to be the best best player, but he's con- constantly injured. The only consistent thing is he's consistently injured about him. Yeah, that, that's the problem with him. I mean, if he, if he can stay healthy, like, he is a good center. Like, yeah. he is a very good player. But you know, when you're missing eight to 10 games every season, that's a problem, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a problem. So the the offensive line, they've kept about the same, but the tackles are very bad. Like Jawan Taylor, probably the worst of the yeah, offensive line. Bad. He's definitely the worst. Um, which is how, crazy. How many holding penalties has he committed this season? I mean, it's got to be an insane amount. It's got to be, and also too, he could get flagged for false start about nearly every play. But for some reason, the refs, I guess, feel sad for him and don't call false start every play because they could. <laughs> uh, but God. I'm already like having trouble talking about this. <laughs> We're barely into it. I know. Uh, this is I mean, you just when you watch this team, it's, it's the offense is just so painful. I mean. I, I agree with what you said. Fire Urban. That's the first thing you do. Then you fire the assistants. Fire Bevel. I, I thought Bevel would be a lot better than he was, but he's terrible. He He's not, you know, giving – he's not calling plays for Trevor's strength. He's not calling plays for the receivers. The receivers can all go. There's no special thing. And this, this is where I was going to get with the um, the overrated part is uh, LaVisca Chanel is I always see people on Twitter be like, ooh, Chenault and fantasy, ooh, Chenault. Like, they're like, ooh, get Chenault. And if you just watch him play, he's terrible. I mean, 
He can't get open. He can't run. The only thing he can do somewhat good is break tackles, but he hasn't really been doing that lately. And his drops are a detriment. They're they're a detriment because not only now is he not catching balls, but recently he's just having balls go through his hand that get intercepted. So when you see crazy interception numbers from Trevor, yeah, a lot of them, the majority are probably his fault, but there's some that are like, what can you do? Like if Tom Brady threw that pass, that's getting intercepted. You know, when when you so that's the thing. Chenault's bad. Chark, he's hurt, and he's usually hurt too. I feel like, but he wasn't. He was never really good, anyways. Marvin Jones, he's you know good for the locker room, good you know veteran leader, but he can't be your number one. You know, yeah, and that's what. He, so that's the problem. Like him, him and DJ Chark are both like wide receiver twos. Like they're not. And then Chenault's like a three or a four. Like, I, 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 since we're co GMing this, I want to see what your thought on this is because I would be willing to bring DJ Chark back on either A, like a one year prove a deal, or B, using the franchise tag on him. Either way, like that way he has a, another one year deal because I would like to give him another chance just because he did get hurt pretty early this year. And the offense, while they've never really been good, they got worse when he wasn't in there. And so, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't just get rid of like all your wide receivers yeah. and replace them. So I think Jones is on like a two year deal, I think. So I know he yeah. still has one more year, but then Chark is on his last year, but I would be willing to give him like a prove it or a franchise tag type of thing. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. And one year, Deal. I don't know if I would go all the way to franchise tag. I don't know if he's earned that. But well, the only reason why I guess I say that is just because I, I mean, I don't know like all of the contracts on the team. You know, as co GMs, we'd have to like look through all that together. But I don't think there's really anybody else would be like, man, we really need to use the franchise tag on this guy or whatever. Like, he's no, probably really the only one, and that would be more of like a second resort if I couldn't get him ag- to agree to a one year prove a deal. I'll be like, yeah. okay, well, you get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And plus, too, it's going to be hard to – free agency is going to be hard. You know, we're still going to have the the stink of Urban Meyer around the team. So it's going to be hard to learn free agents. So I, I agree. Got to find a way, franchise tag at worst, to keep Chark for another year. But like you said, it's only going to be a one-year thing. If he – unless he blows us away and – looks like he did in his second season that, you know, there's going to be no, you know, no crying over at losing him. Yeah. But, I, yeah. If we absolutely can't get him back, I'm not going to be like, you know, like so I'm not going to be losing sleep over it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, And then also too, you have the, uh, you have the great Travis ETN coming back next year. So it's a guy we don't even know. Never seen him play in a Jaguar uniform, but he's going to be coming back. Yeah, you know? he, yeah, he's obviously an unproven, but definitely yeah. kind of like with the Urban thing. I mean, we got to get rid of him because he'll just like only use ETN and never James Robinson won't see That's the light true. of day. Like you know, we, like, we need to get somebody that can you know because from what I've seen about ETN, he's more of a 
pass catcher like out of the backfield and like taking handoffs out of the shotgun and doing RPOs and stuff like that or maybe he can go in the slot out of receiver or something like yeah yeah, use him for that and then use James Robinson and your more base and power formations and make it a solid two-headed you know running back by committee that's what I would do same same that's what I would I completely agree Carlos Hyde can go Oh, dude! Don't even get me started on Carlos Hyde. <laughs> I'm so sick of him. I, I feel I I feel kind of bad for Hyde because it's not his fault. Like it's not his fault that he's you know so bad that and the team for whatever reason still likes him enough to play him. Like you know he he shouldn't be in this role, but the coaches are making him. And I and after hearing that report, it's definitely hurt. I mean. It's Urban Liar 101 right here with all the stuff he's saying. I don't know what to believe because he says to reporters on Monday one thing and then Tuesday it's something different. Dude, I, I can't believe anything this guy says. I can't just a word he says, dude. And I mean, yeah, you want to have some deceit. You don't want to you're not gonna, you know, say your game plan to the media or anything like that. But you you don't have to lie about and throw people under the bus like that running backs coach and like, Oh, ask him why he wasn't in the game. Like, you know why he wasn't, you benched him. Yeah. <sighs> it's uh, yeah. that That's what's gotten me the most mad is how he's handled that situation and really losing credibility football wise for making that decision. It just makes no sense to me. Well, and how are you going to be a head coach? Like, obviously we've gotten blown out these last couple of games. So no, there's been no like situational awareness type of deals, but, and some of these other games, though, like where, like it's it's still pretty close, and we're still in the game, and then they're like, "Hey, uh, how come on that third and three in the red zone, like how come James Robinson wasn't in the game?" Oh, I don't know. I don't manage the reps of the running backs. Like, what are you talking about, dude? You're like, I dude, I swear, man. If if I was the head coach, and it was like. We're third and three on the opponent's 15-yard line, and we're we're down by four. And if I have the same exact roster that the Jaguars have right now, and my running back coach or my OC throws Carlos Hyde in there, I'm like, "Uh uh no, 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 get him out. James Robinson, you're in the game. Even if we're not running the ball, like, you need him at least out there as a decoy, like, that's actually a real threat. Like, what, why? And he's a better pass blocker. It's such a critical situation. Why do you not have your literal best player in the game? Like, I mean, my God, dude. Like, imagine if, like, I don't know, say, like, the Lakers were in the NBA Finals and for the final, like, minute of the half of the game, it's close and they don't have Anthony Davis in the game. Like, I mean, think about how stupid that would look. Like, that that's what this is. And then the coach after the game goes, like, why wasn't AD in the game? Oh, I don't know. I don't manage the minutes. Like, what? <laughs> Uh, come on. Jesus. And this isn't the first time it's happened. Like, oh, well, and then I say, they're like, with the whole, like, urban liar thing, like you said, like, one day he'll be like, well, it was because, you know, James Robinson's still kind of banged up and we didn't want to risk it. Or then the next day he'll be like, oh, well, it was because of the fumbling issue. Or, oh, I don't manage the reps. Like, well, what is it? <laughs> why, why are you being so manipulative about this? Like, just admit you're terrible at this. Anyway, <laughs> we well said, said there would be passion and fireworks in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's 
you know, I I wasn't one of the first to be on the bandwagon to fire him. I was like, you know, this team is bad, but like, you know, I'll give him a little bit more time, you know, just to see if like things get better. You know, I wasn't judging it off of wins or anything. I was just like, how's the team look? Is the team getting better? Is there, you know, is he, you know, be more involved and stuff like that? And it's gotten worse completely. The team has gotten worse. And I think he seems to have gotten worse with his involvement. I mean, just watching the, listening to him answer these questions. It's, it's like, if you're a fan of another team, this has to be like comedy to you. Like, hearing an NFL head coach say, like, I don't know, you know, I'm still trying to figure out our personnel. In week 14, still trying to figure out your personnel. <laughs> he had to do he had to do a deep dive onto why Miles Jack, our linebacker, who for like four or five years has, you know, he, he can't have the green dot on his helmet to take the, the defensive play calls. Everybody knows that. Everybody, literally everybody in Jacksonville knows Miles Jack doesn't do the green dot. And he was like, we have to do a deep, we had to do a deep dive and figure out Miles Jack can't have the green dot on after he like put it on him for a game and the defense was terrible. Like, it's it's just the stuff he says and the way he acts on the sideline too. It just looks like he's, you know, I bet you, I guarantee you that he's toxic you know, with the coaches, the other, you know, his loser coaches, as he calls them. Yeah, well, that's another thing, too, dude. Like, I understand, like, obviously the whole team's losing right now, but how are you going to be like, I'm a winner, and then call out these other coaches and be like, well, you be, you guys are losers. And then not only that, it's also because Urban, if you really think these people are losers, then why did you hire them? Like, he picked every single member of the staff. And, like, it all started, like, he hired a, like, racist strength training coach that drew a lot of heat. And so then finally, like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll fire him because the media's pissed off at us. Like, why did you even bring that guy in in the first place? Like, if you know this. And if you really think all these other guys are terrible coaches or they're losers, why did you bring them in? Like, everybody knew that we were we had the number one pick and we were going to get Trevor Lawrence. Like I'm pretty sure there were a good amount of people that probably wanted to come work here when these assistant job positions, you know, became available. Like I doubt it was like, well, this was all I was able to find, you know, like, I'm pretty sure there yeah. were probably some good options out there that would have been willing to come here, but you hired these guys that then you think are trash. Like, come on, dude, what, that doesn't make any sense. It's so bad, man. It's so bad. Let's let's go to the defense now. Um, so I gotta I gotta say, the defense you can tell in their body language. You know, in some of these games, like the Rams game, like you know when the the offense isn't getting first downs and it's punt, 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 interception, interception, punt, punt, punt. You can see it in their body language how deflated they are, and I, nobody can blame them for that. I mean, they're on the field. Some of these games, the time of position, time of possession is ridiculous. How it's like, oh, the Jaguars have like three plays in a quarter. Like that happens. There's <laughs> quarters where this team has like one possession. Yeah. And then maybe you know it's bad when uh like I wasn't watching the game today, but I was out and about, but I was following it on ESPN. And you know it's bad when I had to message Zach at one point that we had crossed the 50 yard line. I was like, oh my God, like we're at the Tennessee 43-yard line, and then Zach messages me like, 
Well, literally on the very next play, one of our linemen committed a holding penalty. So now we're back in our own territory. <laughs> and then they do a handoff to Carlos Hyde on third and eight. Like that makes sense. Yep. Uh, Daryl, that bevel guy, he's an idiot, dude. I'm, I don't know. I know we're trying to transition to the defense here, but like, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's crazy. I was actually talking, I had this customer at work the other day who was a Vikings fan and he was kind of like talking about them and criticizing some of their decisions. And then I was telling him about urban, not even knowing why James Robinson wasn't in the game and stuff. And he was just like, man, you're like, he's like, I feel really bad for you, man. He's like, at least the Vikings, like sometimes, you know, like get in the playoffs or like, you know, at least have decent records and stuff. But, um, shoot I had a point of where I was going with that something about oh but I like I was just talking about how like the coaching staff just like doesn't know what they're doing and it's just so mind-bogglingly bad and what I was what I said to him was you know we always like to think you know oh you know put me in that situation and I would do better but really like 99% of the time there's like no way we would be better than like an actual coach or GM or whatever but sometimes dude just like looking at how bad and just how god-awful this Jaguars management is I swear man the Jaguars could literally hire me and Zach as to be like co-GMs of the team and I'm pretty sure we could do better like it's so serious I mean do you disagree with that no heck no (laughs) I mean it's two average Joes this is I mean it's a complete joke right now like this is this is what makes it so hard it's like you know, if you're an, a fan of our team, you can be like, oh, man, it's, look at the, like, you know, look at this laughing show. But imagine actually being a fan of this team where it's like every game, like, you know, after the first drive, like, oh, they just marched down 80 yards in seven minutes. It's going to be that, you know, it's, it's that kind of a game. It happens every game. And... and then the offense comes out and does their three, three and out usually. And then the next yeah. drive, they'll throw an interception or fumble and then the other team gets a bigger lead. Then they just kind of coast to the end. And then uh, it's, it's, it's just so like, bad to watch. I I'm really at the point, honestly, where I've watched or I've, if I've been able to, I've watched every game that this team has played for as long as I could remember, you know, if I'm able, if I'm, you know, around a TV, you can watch the game. I've watched since as long as I can remember, and I'm seriously considering stopping watching this team these last four weeks or whatever it is, because it's going to be, it feels like torture. Because at least last year we had the hope, you know, we had the hope for this year, but that hope is gone now, you know? Well, I don't know. The thing if- is, like, we've had god awful coaches. I mean, but, but at least with Gus Bradley, for example at least the players liked him and at least the players wanted to win for him. Yeah. We didn't have talent and he wasn't a great coach in terms of like X's and O's and stuff, but like at least you knew like the players were giving it their all and they were going to do everything in their power to win the game. But like with this team, like I'm pretty sure they all hate urban. Like it's almost like they probably don't want to win, you know? And like you talked about how you know deflated the defense looks most a lot of the times and you've even got trevor calling out you know urban on like why james robinson isn't in the game for example like i mean and if that marvin jones report is true i mean that dude played with the lions and Bengals like when the Bengals were bad and like the lions have pretty much always been bad but like 
he never got as frustrated as he is here. Like, I mean, just it's just unbelievable, dude. <laughs> I can't put my head around it. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, defense. The defense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll go. We'll go to the defense. Yeah. So this is, and you got to get. This is where. Um, this is where you have to look at it and be like, you can't judge them compared to the offense because if you judge them to the offense, they're like the eighty-five bears of a defense. You know, they're. I think this defense has some potential and some some really good, you know, underrated players on it. And I think as a as a eleven man defense, they play I think pretty good, but they're still, you know, a long ways off from being a good defense. I think. Um, I guess I'll kind of highlight some of the bright spots. You know, Josh Allen, he's been our best defensive player i would say single oh, yeah oh yeah he single, sure. he single-handedly won us that bills game if it wasn't for him we would have lost to the bills he basically scored all the points i would give him credit for all the points in that game um man. and then let's see i haven't been as impressed with miles jack i still think compared to you know everybody on the team he's up in the the top group, but I haven't, yeah, not as good as he was last year. So I'm like, eh, but compared to everybody else on the team, he's like, you know, one of the best. Yeah. I, I think he's still pretty good. I, I blame a lot of the coaching for him. Cause like you talked about earlier, like he played like the first half of the season with the green dot as the captain calling the plays and like urban somehow didn't know that he isn't good at that. Like, and for some reason, too, like, it's like every coach we ever have, like, tries to play him at middle linebacker for some reason when it's like he's a weak side linebacker. Like, that's what he's good at. Like, why why do you keep trying to put him out of his position? Like, I think if we had a smart coach that let somebody else be, you know, middle linebacker and, you know, captain of the play calling and all that and just let Miles Jack do his thing over there on the weak side, like, he can still be a lead, I think. But yeah, I, I just the coaching is just so stupid. Like, <laughs> like we it, we've been talking about this whole time, but that, no, that's another, but that's a reason why you can be bad. Like, you can have good players, but if you don't put them in their right role, then that just causes problems. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Okay, so you're talking about coaching. I got another. I got another one for you. This is probably a this is probably a Meyer special too. Um, for some reason, we still have. A guy named Andrew Winkert. Oh, starting safety. I should have known you were going with this. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Andrew Winkert is, he's like if Kid Rock was a NFL player. <laughs> that's what he looks like. God, dude. <laughs> he's, I'll, I'll say he's a he's a tryhard. You know, he gives it all he has. You can tell he's you know he's gotten a hundred and ten percent of his talent, but it's not good. There's a reason he was undrafted. Um, but the, that's and you're, you might be thinking, okay, you know, it's a hardworking guy. Like, you know, what's the problem with that? The problem is you have, you took a third round pick who was one of the best safeties in college. He had like the most interceptions out of anybody in college football. 
you know, known for being a ball hawk. This team never gets interceptions. They never create turnovers. And he's he hasn't seen hardly any snaps except for like special teams and maybe some situations. He's never he's just basically this is just a complete waste of a season for him. And I don't understand why they think Wingard is so much better than this rookie Cisco that they're un they're stubborn to the point where they're, you know, saying like, oh, Wingard's one of our best players. Like Eric, Dude. what do you think of and try and explain him to the rest of uh, non-Jaguars fans. I mean, this is this is how bad this guy is. Like Zach, Zach and I have dealt with Andrew Wingard actually for like three or four seasons now. But yeah, that's true. My my thing is when we were like getting to close to like roster cuts, you know, in years past, like I kind of understood why he made the team because we didn't really have many people available and plus like we traded Ronnie Harrison and stuff like that so like I understood like why they kept him around you know as a backup and since he has experience with the team like if you had to play him like you could you know kind of a thing that gives an emergency or whatever but so but when we drafted Cisco I was like okay I was like this is the year Andrew Wingard gets cut he's gone and then the report comes out of who they kept and who they didn't. And this dude's still on the team. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. I was like, why? Like, like, we need to just get rid of him. He's not good. He misses tackles. Like, that's supposed to be what he's good at is, like, playing in the box and tackling. But he's really not even that good at that. He's terrible in deep coverage. He gets burnt all the time. And But then not only does he make the team, Urban comes out and announces that he's the starter. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, maybe I can be okay if we keep him as a backup. You know, Cisco gets hurt. He's familiar with the team, so we can play Winger. Okay, that makes sense. But then they say that he's the starter. And then, like, week one at the Texans, I was at that game. I watched him get torched repeatedly by, like, the Texans' two, number two and three tight ends, who I don't even remember their names, getting torched by these guys. And the Texans are terrible, too. Like, it's not even like... They're like it was like Tampa Bay's tight ends who like they've got multiple good tight ends. Yeah. Like, these are like Texans, <laughs> like, like yeah, th- these are like average Joes who probably wouldn't make a lot of other teams getting torched by those guys. So I was like, okay. And then like I remember Cisco came in at the end of that game, and I was like, okay, Urban must have learned his lesson. He's smartening up. Wingard sucks. Let's see what we got in Cisco. Like Zach said, he was highly graded in college. He was highly graded by PFF on his preseason snaps. I know preseason's preseason, but, you know, like, that's still pretty good. So then, like, week two against Denver, like, he's going in there. I travel to Jacksonville to see my family. We go to the game. Andrew Wingard's still the starter. <laughs> like, uh, like, why? Oh, man. I This is just so again when i was like zach and i i swear could do better like as co-gms or if like one of us was the gm and one of us was the coach i swear we could do better like i wish i, I was making it's this like, up i wish i wish i was joking around but i'm not no it's it's literally like the titans colts and texans got together and like planted a seed in urban meyer to destroy this team because that's what's happening dude they're probably like hey man we'll each like you get whatever con shod connell pay you 
And then we'll each as an organization give you another million dollars per year to go there and suck. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, and just think of all the other crap he's done. Like, okay, I already talked about the like racist strength coach he hired. Then after the Cincy game, he doesn't fly back with the team and then has that whole incident in the bar. And, you know, like what these guys do, like in their private lives, like, I mean, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. He's married and it's something I would never do. Like, I definitely don't condone it, but. You know, whatever these guys want to do in their private lives, as long as they're not like killing people or getting like messed up on drugs all the time, like, you know, let them, that's their choice. But like, but what really upset me about that was like, why the fact that he didn't even fly back with the team, like the game was on a Thursday. So obviously we're not playing the next, you know, the upcoming Sunday, we get, they get 10 days off before their next game. So I get if you wanted to be in Ohio with your family or something, since that's where everybody's at, but why not? It was a tough loss. It was a game we really should have won. We were up 14 nothing at halftime. We actually so, were leading the entire game. Yeah, we were leading that whole game until the final second. So, like, why not fly back with the team, console the team after the tough loss, you know, and then get back to Jacksonville, and then the next day get on a plane and go back to Ohio and then spend a few days with your family. But, like, but you, then you instead you stayed there. You didn't go back with the team, and then you like let some girl grind on you in a bar in public. I don't know. That was stupid, you know. And then now you've got like all this stuff with like the rumor that like Marvin Jones was mad at him, and he like doesn't know what he's doing with his play calling, and who doesn't know who's on the field, and you know, getting called out, you know, and he's he's calling out his coaches and calling them losers. I mean, it's just amazing how much negativity has happened. I mean, when I, you know, when you, we've just dogged him like so hard this episode with like all these reasons, like why he should be fired. Right. But can we realistically think of like one good reason why he should stay other than, well, it's only been one year, give him time. I mean, is that, has there been any reason in your mind, like why he should stay here? No, I mean, the only reason is his college resume, you know, that that's the only thing. And, but but what he's done with this team, if you don't look at his resume, it's and the stuff going on is completely, you know, opposite of his resume. He never, you know, was this bad with any team. You know, he never I mean, yeah, he's always had controversies around him, but I feel like this is a new low for him, like with how his team is, you know, he's never had a team this performed this bad. There's no reason. And the the most important thing of it all is I, at the end of the year, you know, Shad Khan should go up to Trevor Lawrence and say, Trevor, does Urban, be honest, does Urban need to go? Do you think you would do better with a better, with a different coach? And if he says yes to that, you go and fire Urban immediately after that, because Trevor's the most important, you know, he's the most important player um person any you know to ever happen to the jaguars you know he's the most for number one overall pick you know high everybody loves him like you do what he wants you know if he wants urban gone which honestly i think he does how i've seen him act around him in the games and also how he you know stood up for you keep him happy and you surround him with the people that are going to bring the best out of him. 
because it's clear that Meyer and the coaches he has are not doing that. So that's my thing is it's like, you know, we as fans, you know, we, we can have opinions and stuff, but when the most important, when your rookie quarterback, your most important player is like, yeah, this is, this guy's so distracting, you know, everything going on with the team, like he's lost the locker room, like, you know, take some advice from 16 here and, uh, and go on and, and try and get someone who's not, you know, a clown in this organization. Cause it's all we've had is clowns. You know, we've had some clowns that try and look like they're not clowns like Dave Caldwell, you know, he doesn't <laughs> like one, but he, you know, his moves were like a clown. And then you have Urban Meyer who now straight up just looks like a clown. Like, I love, I love that picture you put on the slide, man. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's just been Urban Meyer all year with every decision he's made. <laughs> just, I love when I saw that picture, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it worked out. It worked out. Uh, yeah. So I feel like we've gone on quite a bit here. Um, a I figured bit this long- would go on for a while. I didn't expect to go this yeah. long, though. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing is like we keep finding new things to talk about. And we can keep going on and on if we really like, you know, I'm sure there's another thing we can find about that. Be like, oh, yeah. What about him? And how uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll, after the episode drops, if we'll do whatever else we think about, we'll make some tweets about it or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There. Oh, oh. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one quick one. I'll do it quickly. Okay. Why? I mean, this game they only kicked off once, but why is Matthew Wright our kicker who, for some reason, can't kick a ball <laughs> into the reds into the end zone? Yeah. Why is he still doing kickoffs when our amazing punter Logan Cook? can kick it out the end zone and get touchbacks. Why? Why? <sighs> well, and that, is... that reminds me too, you know, with, uh, you know, since Zach and I are now officially the new co-GMs, Logan Cook is the current GOAT of punters. I mean, I will sign that man to a seven-year contract extension. Like, <laughs> maybe not. I wouldn't do that. But like, but man, he yeah. is safe on the team. Like, if there's anybody like outside of like like Trevor and James Robinson and Josh Allen where you're like they're safe, Logan Cook. Like we may have a million needs to fill, but punter, thank God, is not one of them. Oh no. <laughs> he gets a lot of practice too. So that's he's, Oh yeah. Uh, he gets a good like eight kicks a game, you know, and you know, it's just that that that's uh, we really know what we have in him. Maybe maybe that's why he doesn't do kickoffs, is he's too tired from all the punts he has. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> all right, all right. I'll okay. stop. I'll stop roast. Keep roasting this team, but um, there's. It's amazing too. Like we'll talk. We're gonna go on to the to our three games of the week now. It's amazing when you watch these other teams, and it's like you know, it's a different league. The the level of play that these teams have, it's like a completely different league. Like college to NFL is like the gap between the Jags and the other teams, but. Anyways, we've got um, – oh, We also can't forget about how after Denver beat us, the Urban went up to Denver's coach and was like, oh, yeah, man, you know, playing in the NFL, it's like playing against Alabama every week. Well, that's the NFL. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move to the next slide, so we'll officially move on now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to find something that any second to think about with this team, but <laughs> – 
Patriots and Colts. Patriots and Colts. They're playing next week. Um, critical game for both teams. It seems like the Patriots have really found their rhythm. Uh, they keep surprising me each week with how they win. Um, the Colts also surprised me too. So these are two teams I think have overachieved. Um, the Colts are at home, and I, I'm going to give this win to the Colts here. I think their rushing attack breaks through for the Patriots, and I think that you know Carson Wentz, he's going to make some mistakes, but I do think he'll have a good enough game to give the Colts a win here. I will say Colts 23, Patriots 17. I'm going to go with a fairly low-scoring game here, but Nate will like my pick. I'm going to go with the Patriots here. They've just won so many games in a row. I don't see them slowing down right now. And I do heavily respect Indy's rushing attack, but if there's a defense in the league that can contain them and force Carson Wentz to beat them, it is the Patriots. And whereas, like, Mac Jones has been a pretty good uh, quarterback this year. Uh, Definitely been more of a game manager type of role. I mean, obviously, last week he only had to throw three passes. That was obviously extremely different circumstances with the weather and everything. But, you know, he's been pretty reliable and consistent and not making the mistakes, whereas Carson Wentz can have these, these, like, great moments. But then other times he does stuff where you're just like, man, what was he thinking, you know? So I am going to go low scoring here. But I'm going to say I'm going to say New England takes it. Uh, 17 to 13. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Tell us about this, uh, this next matchup here. Yeah. So we have the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals who are going to be traveling to the Denver Broncos. Uh, since he's been, you know, struggling a little bit here, uh, they really need to get a win in this game. Uh, Denver has been playing better, although they've, kind of beating some bad teams again, kind of like they were doing in the beginning of the season. So for me, I don't know if I fully trust Denver here. They do have the home field advantage, which is good for them. But since he uh, almost came back and beat the 49ers today, that ended up being a really crazy game that looked like they were down and out the whole time. But I think they're finally going to get it together uh, this week. They're, kind of in a fortunate situation that their fellow AFC North rivals are kind of struggling. So even though they've lost a couple games in a row here, they're still in a good spot. And I think since he knows that they, especially after losing against the 49ers today, that they really need to win this. And so I think they're going to get off to a better start. I think since he wins, I'm going to say, let's see. I'm going to say since he wins, 31 to 23. Is that, do you agree or disagree here? Yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. I'm, even though they are on the road with this, I'm going to still pick them to win. Like you said, it's desperation time for them. Same with the Broncos too, but I just think the Bengals are a better team than the Broncos. I'm going to say Bengals win 28 to 20 in mile high. And then, our final game of the week here is between the Packers and Ravens. And I'm not sure. I think Lamar's injury seemed pretty bad. So I think it's safe to assume. Yeah, they, they had they had to cart him off. So, yeah. 
I'll look while you're talking about it. I'll see if there's any. Okay. Uh, it. Oh, yeah. shit. Let's fantasy team here. Let's see, because I have him on my Afro Stars team. So, well, you're getting a live update here. <laughs> uh, looks like there's not really any upgrades here yet. So that's a live live look right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I was on the share screen at first, but yeah, but I, I would assume he's going to miss some time. Yeah. Yes. So that, that plays a role into this um, Packers and Ravens here. I'm going to pick, let me check the score real quick. Wow. 45 to 30. That's a crazy score going on right now in Sunday night football. Um, <laughs> but I'm still going to pick the Packers here. I think the Ravens have finally hit the wall with too many injuries. I mean, Lamar was really, I think they're the, the final straw. Like, you know, you can survive without some running backs and receivers, corners, you know, star players and stuff. But if your quarterback goes down and especially when it's good as Lamar, it's going to be hard to win. Uh, they are at home, so I do think it's going to be a closer game than some people think. But the Packers are rolling. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Packers here. I'll say 21 to 17 Packers. What about you? Yeah, so I I don't think it's going to be as close as you think it will be. But I I definitely have Green Bay winning. I think Green Bay will win pretty easily. I mean, the Ravens have already been without Marcus Peters all year, and then now Marlon Humphrey's hurt, so their their defense is in a really bad spot. And then not only that, I mean, with no Lamar too, like that's just a, I think that's really going to limit them offensively. Like their backup actually came in and did pretty well today, but I think that might have been just because of a unknown factor. Like Cleveland probably didn't really know what to expect with him, but Green Bay will have some time to game plan for him and. Green Bay's defense, for the most part, has been pretty good. So I think Green Bay is going to win this game. I'm going to say 34 to 13. All right. And now let's go on to the lock board here and talk about the current standings for the lock board. So with this past week, I everybody got points at least. You know, no zeros, but... I got two points and Connor got two points. So we were, we stayed the same in the standings. I am one point ahead of Connor. And then Eric got four and Nate got five. So Nate had the best week out of all of us, but Eric, his lead really didn't slip that much from Nate. Nate's in second place with 47. Eric's in first with 57. So it's a 10 point lead from second place for Eric. And then Connor and I are at the bottom with 41 and 42 points. Um, looking at what our actual picks were, I will go ahead and say Connor's picks, then mine, and then Eric can talk about his picks and then what Nate's picks were. But for Connor, he had two NBA picks, one NFL. He picked the football team over the Cowboys, which is wrong. Uh, and then in basketball, he picked Boston over Phoenix. That was wrong. And he got the Nets over the Hawks correct. So that gave him two points. My picks were all NBA picks this week. I wasn't really a super big fan of the NFL picks. And so I went all NBA. I had a close one with the Knicks and Raptors that I got wrong. 
So I missed out on points there. I did get the Cavs over the Timberwolves right. That got me two points, but I was a fool for picking the Detroit Pistons over the Pelicans. I thought two bad teams, maybe. You never know what's going to happen with two bad teams, but the Pelicans roll over them. Detroit still hasn't even won five games yet. They're really bad. So that was shame on me for having any faith in them. But Eric, tell us about your picks and how your week went. Yeah, I'm definitely the happier one in terms of the lock board right now. You know, Zach and I have been talking about how bad the Jaguars are this whole episode, which are, you know, our favorite team. And that's obviously not going well for us, but at least for me, I have the lock board going. So that's like the one thing I'm enjoying. My fantasy football teams have been terrible. My real life football team has been terrible. My NBA team is terrible, but I have the lock board. So (laughs) that's my one saving grace. Uh, My first pick, I know Connor probably didn't like me for this pick, but I took his Hornets to beat the Kings. And that ended up being a crazy game, kind of a nail-biter there at the end. But thankfully for me, Charlotte held on and won by one point and got me that dub. And then my second pick was the one I got wrong. I went to the NFL, and I took the Ravens over the Browns. And when Lamar got hurt, I Cleveland was already up kind of big, so I – Figured I had no chance, but their backup quarterback actually did a pretty good job getting them back in the game, and they almost came back, but still fell up short, so I didn't get those. And then I took the Falcons over the Panthers. I know all the Panthers fans on the podcast that we have will probably not like that pick either, but I just don't trust Cam Newton after his second game, after coming back. He just was so bad that game that I was – even though Atlanta's not the greatest either, I figured Atlanta could beat them. And so I got another two points for that one. Atlanta did get the job done. So four points for me. Uh, and then moving on for Nate, who did gain a point on me. Uh, his first pick was the Bengals over the 49ers. I, the Bengals, I mean, I should say. <laughs> uh, and that was a crazy game, too, because San Francisco was up pretty big. I think they were up 20-6 to six when the fourth quarter started. But since he came back and forced overtime and got a field goal, but then San Francisco went down and got a touchdown to win. So that was a crazy game. Uh, So I was happy that Nate did not get that. But but where Nate really had a lot of success, and this one surprised me when he picked it. I don't know if you were surprised when you saw this, Zach, but the one college football game of the week was Navy against Army. And I think Army was like eight or nine point favorites. So... Nate took Navy as the underdog for the five-pointer and ended up getting that one right. Were you surprised to see him pick this? I I wasn't surprised so much. I don't know where it ended up on his, you know, rankings. I don't remember, but um, I know he, he got his picks in kind of late after the NBA game started, so he basically only had that game in the NFL game, so... Not super surprised, you know, and also with, when these two teams meet, I... I didn't think about it that strongly, but you kind of throw the records out with a rivalry game like this. I mean, it doesn't matter how good or bad they played in the season. Like you're going to get the best from both and uh, Navy won. And I guess they snapped a losing streak. I think they had to army. So I remember when Navy always beat army. Now it seems to have 
gone the other way. Now it's like, oh, every other year they, you know, different team wins, which is good to see. So, yeah, you don't want to be in the same team every year. But unfortunately yeah. for us, though, he got the points on the lock board. So yeah, no, I, no. I, I was definitely rooting for Army. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, I was rooting for <laughs> Army pretty hard, but it didn't happen. But, uh, but yeah, good for Nate for getting that one because I that was that one was not on my radar at all. So I definitely give Nate props for that pick. And then uh, his final pick was the Jets over the Saints. Uh, that one was kind of low scoring and close for a while, but then the Saints ended up running away with it later on and ended up winning pretty easily. So he did not get that one. But but yeah, Nate got another five points there, which was the most. So uh, I'll let Zach break down. Uh, next week's draft order so and then let's see next week is uh week 15 right so there's gonna be there's four weeks left of the lock board yeah we'll go to the last week of the nfl regular season so 15 right. so we have one extra week this year compared to last year but um yeah so for next week the order of the draft doesn't really change a ton uh, i do have the first pick now connor's got the second pick Eric stays at the third pick, and then Nate has the last pick again. So we'll see if things change in the standings. I, I'm i kind of curious on when both, for most uh, Connor and my sake, when we start raining down the five-pointers and getting desperate here because throwing up the Hail Marys like I was doing last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. It's just you got to be strategic. But when do you when do you decide to just completely you know give up on any – Hope of getting just, you know, some small gains and just completely go for that, you know, crazy. Yeah, I I thought both of you might maybe not like hardcore, like do like all five pointers. But I was kind of surprised that neither of you had a single five pointer on your board last week. Well, I mean, the Titans and Jags, uh, I knew. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously, like that was one to avoid. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think when we look back on it, I the Army Navy was good, but I do think if I have to serve my memory right, a lot of the five pointers got wrong. That I like the chief the, the Chiefs beat yeah, the, the Raiders. The Raiders lost to the Chiefs, and the uh, the the Rockets lost to the Bucks. I know yeah, that was kind of close. That, I actually had that one on my list because Houston had won like seven games in a row somehow. I don't know how they managed to do that. Yeah. But I was like, well, Houston's actually kind of hot. So I had that lower on my list, so I didn't get it. But that was the one five-pointer I put on my, you know, top 10 wish list or whatever. But all the other ones I remember thinking like there was no way it was going to happen. I honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Navy over Army one was the only one that was correct. Yeah, like, or that would have been right if you had picked it, you know. So yeah, I was hoping, I was hoping with my stuff that I would get a full, you know, give me the full six points, and then I can get some momentum with getting correct games and be like, okay, I got some green, you know. But uh, there's only four weeks left now, so I gotta yeah, get you got, you got four with, weeks. Uh, my picks, but yeah, so that's yeah. Do you go like it's like an NFL team when they're losing, and it's like third and 20 do you try to like get it all in one play or yeah. do you like you know do you try to get like eight to 12 yards first to try to make it more reasonable for fourth down you know that that's kind of where y'all are at <laughs> yeah definitely man but i think that's a good comparison <laughs> and that's gonna wrap this episode up guys um 
we went so long with the uh with the Jaguar sock. We knew it was gonna be like that. So we just planned just that and the lock board games of the week to talk about. So that's all we will fill in this hour of time. If there's and, anything uh we forgot about Urban Meyer and or the Jaguars, feel free to drop it in the comments below. Well, who knows? I mean, the, maybe by the time we release this, like some other breaking news story about him Dude, will come maybe out. he'll get fired. Maybe he'll get fired. Oh, I have no hope about that. We didn't Monday talk about morning, that. Monday morning, I'm going to – tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up, and he's fired. <laughs> Man. happen, but, you know. I that was another thing. I, I don't think he's going to – at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to end up being fired. For whatever reason, Shad Khan loves him, and – He's very patient with coaches, we know. So does Urban Meyer have nudes of Khan or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's probably the other way around, honestly. But uh <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Woo. All right. And the reason we don't know his contract is because he's working for free because of that. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, all right. Enough jokes, enough jokes, but hopefully you enjoyed um, listening to our rants and our, you know, updates about the team because, you know, probably won't hear from the Jags for a little while from us, but we had to do this. And, um, you know, with me especially this week, you know, it, it just, I just got to a breaking point with this team and I turned it off and I was just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not watching this team anymore. You know, and I, I kind of was like, you know, that ex that goes on social media, looks on, see how the ex is doing. That was me with the Jaguars. I was like, <laughs> Twitter, like, what's going on with the game now that I stopped watching? And it's always getting oh, worse. Man, dude. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the episode. Hopefully you enjoyed. Um, let us know what you thought on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And until then, guys, remember, be clutch. Hey!